Amen. We're going to come to God's Word, and we're turning together to the Gospel of Matthew and to the chapter 27. The Gospel of Matthew and to the chapter 27. If you have been with us on the Lord's Day evenings past, this is a chapter that we have been looking at together, along with the other parallel passages and the other Gospels. And we want to come tonight once again to Matthew chapter 27. And it's good for us, even as God's people, that we would meditate upon Calvary. And we've been looking at considerations of Calvary. And tonight we come afresh to this portion. Let us read God's word together, commencing at the verse 45. Matthew chapter 27 and the verse 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, The veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body... He wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock, and rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. Amen. We'll end there at verse 60. And may the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Let us turn once again in the Gospel of Matthew to the chapter 27. And from the portion of Scripture that we have read just a little earlier, 
I would want to take as my text for this evening uh, the words of verses 52 and 53. If you look with me at Matthew 27 and the verses 52 and 53, we read, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. And here we have another wonder of Calvary, the opening of the graves. And that's what I want us to think about for a little time together in our gospel meeting tonight, the opening of the graves. Let's just unite together in a brief word of prayer to ask the Lord for help in the ministry of his word. Our gracious God and our loving Father, we do thank thee tonight for all that has gone before. We do rejoice that we can sing thy praise together and we can seek to worship thee. O Lord, as we come to consider thy precious word and even to proclaim that word, we ask for help from heaven. Thou hast said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Lord, we come to thee tonight and we confess that we are lacking and we pray that we would know the anointing of God the Holy Spirit and even the ministry tonight would be owned and blessed of thyself to the edification, to the encouragement of thy people and even our Father to the salvation of some precious soul. Abide with us now and hear our prayer and shut us into thee. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Our considerations of Calvary have brought us to think about a number of miracles that occurred there as the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life and died. And from the passage of Scripture that we have been reading tonight, references made to a number of those miracles. Just there in verse 45 where we commenced our Bible reading, we learn about the darkness. And there as the Lord Jesus Christ was suffering in agony upon the tree, it tells us that for three hours there was a darkness that came down over all the land. It was from the sixth hour to the ninth hour and we learned that that was from 12 noon to 3 p.m. And therefore in those hours of the day which should have been the brightest there was a darkness, a miracle, a wonder there at Calvary. Then we thought also about the veal, the veal of the temple. And you read about it there in verse 51, just as the Lord Jesus Christ yielded up the ghost and laid down his life, it says in verse 51, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And there was another great wonder, another great miracle at Calvary. Whereas the Lord Jesus Christ died, at that very moment the veil in the temple was rent in two. And it was signifying that the way was now open. 
signifying that there was access right into the immediate presence of the Lord. And it came through the substitutionary death and the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. The darkness, the veil. And then we thought about the earthquake. You read of that at the end of verse 51. It says, And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And so at that same moment when the Lord Jesus Christ has yielded up the ghost, when he has suffered and bled and died, and the veil of the temple was rent in twain, at that same moment the earth began to shake. Great earthquake. To the extent that the rocks were rent. The rocks were broken up. Then we come to our text of Scripture there at verse 52, and it's telling us of something else that happened. Another great wonder took place in that moment of time when the Savior, the Son of God, the beloved Son, laid down his life. Something else happened. It says in verse 52, and the graves were opened. The graves were opened. There was something of a, a resurrection that was going to take place. And as you read on into these two verses of Scripture, you find that they, those who rose from the grave went into Jerusalem. They went into the city and they appeared to many. What a miracle that was. What a wonder that was. And it's recorded here for us as we're considering Calvary, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, and all of the things that accompanied his death. Here we're reading about death, and the grave, and life after death, the resurrection. The Bible draws our attention to these things. There are those today who have a fascination with this sort of thing. But it's an unhealthy fascination. There are those at this time of the year and it's termed Halloween. And they begin to take an interest in death and in the grave. And they think about demons and devils. And they would say, oh, it's just a bit of innocent fun. But oh, there's a darker and there's a deeper side to it. And what a danger there is that many children and young people would be placed in at this time of the year. It can be the thin end of the wedge and it can be an introduction into darker things. Then to the practices of the occult. It's strange, isn't it? Those who would probably take issue with us telling children about hell, telling children that there is such a place called hell and it's a place of endless punishment for those who are not saved and not prepared to meet the Lord, they would take great issue with us. Yet the same individuals would think it's okay to dress children up as skeletons to dress them up as demons and devils. But oh, they don't want to hear what the gospel, the word of God would have to say concerning death and the grave and eternity. 
this time of the year proves to me the scripture that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But here the word of God is drawing us to consider these events surrounding Calvary. And as we think about them, there are details here that would perhaps raise questions in our minds. These graves were opened. There were those that were going to come forth out of the grave and they were going to go into the city there at Jerusalem. They were going to appear to many. When we think about that, we would ask the question, who were these people? And, And what became of them? And what were they like whenever they were raised there from the grave? Well, there are some matters where the scriptures are silent. And when the scriptures don't go into certain issues, we shouldn't go into them. The scriptures are not given to us to satisfy our curiosity. The scriptures are given to us to give us instruction in the gospel. The scriptures are given to strengthen our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll concentrate upon what the scriptures do say to us, not upon those issues where the scriptures are silent. And so when we're thinking this evening about the opening of the graves, there's a number of things about this miracle. Number one, the truth of this miracle, the truth of it. It's recorded here in verse 52 And very plainly, Matthew writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and the graves were opened. And so we have the truth here being underlined. The graves were opened. And it's showing us that the death of the Lord Jesus Christ resulted in the opening of graves. And surely that's the truth that is being underlined here. There is a link, there is a connection that the Holy Spirit wants to make in our minds and in our hearts. That the death of the Lord Jesus Christ leads to the opening up of the graves. That's what's accomplished by the Lord Jesus. His great work there upon the tree. The value of his death and the victory of his death. The Lord Jesus Christ in his work upon the tree showed us here that death has been conquered. That's the truth that's been underlined. It's been illustrated to us here. As the Lord Jesus Christ yielded up the ghost and died, not only the veil of the temple rent in twain, not only the earthquake that took place, but these graves are opened up. They stand as a witness. They stand as proof that Jesus Christ has conquered death. What a message that is tonight. That's the message of the gospel. Jesus Christ through his sacrifice and his death upon that center tree. He has given the victory over sin, over death and over hell. He has destroyed the very power of death. 
And therefore tonight for the child of God, for the one who trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ, the grave has lost its terror because the Lord Jesus Christ can open up the grave. The grave holds no fear for the child of God. We can say, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The Lord Jesus Christ has died and the graves are opened. Do you notice the particular graves that are opened here? Verse 52, the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept the rose. It's not all the graves, but it's the graves of particular individuals here. They're termed the saints. Now that term saints in the word of God, it's a reference to those who have put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's speaking about the believer. And so it wasn't all the graves that were opened. There's a miracle within the miracle here. As the earthquake, it rent the rocks and the graves were opened, but it's particular graves that are opened. It's the graves of the saints. That's drawn to our attention here. And there are many of them, it says. Many bodies of the saints. And so the Bible would certainly teach us of the resurrection. And the Bible would teach us about the resurrection of all. Everyone will be raised up. Make no mistake about that. In the Gospel of John, and in the chapter 5, the Savior makes it abundantly clear. In John 5 and verse 28, the Lord said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth all that are in the graves. And so there is going to be that resurrection of everyone. All that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. The body is one day going to be summoned out of the grave. But the Bible also distinguishes the resurrection between the saved and the unsaved. Over in the Gospel of Luke and in the chapter 14 and in the verse 14, it says, And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. The resurrection of the just. And so that's a reference to those who were justified by faith alone and Christ alone. There's going to be a resurrection of the just. Resurrection of the saints. In the final book of the Bible, in Revelation and the chapter 20, in Revelation 20 and the verse 6, it says, But blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. 
On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And so it's speaking there in Revelation 20 and verse 6 about the first resurrection. And those who are in the first resurrection are blessed and holy. Resurrection of the just, the resurrection of the saints, the resurrection of the blessed and the holy. It's the first resurrection. Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica. And in 1 Thessalonians and the chapter 4 and the end of that chapter, there are tremendous words in the verse 16. It speaks about the Lord's return, about his coming. And it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall raise first. The first resurrection. The dead in Christ. And so we're learning something there about the resurrection of the saints. And there at Calvary, when it speaks about the graves being opened, it's speaking about the graves of the saints. And so here we can see the reference it wasn't to every grave. The grave of the saints. There's going to be a time, praise the Lord, when the body of the child of God will be raised up from the grave. And body and soul will be reunited together for all eternity. That's the blessed hope of the believer. That's the sure and certain hope of the believer. That there is life. There is eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. We were singing the words of the apostle. Forever with the Lord. We then shall be forever with the Lord. When you look there at verse 52 again, speaking about the body. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. The body sleeps. When it comes to death, the scriptural definition of death is the soul departing from the body. When the soul departs from the body... The body is buried into Mother Earth and the body sleeps until the resurrection. But the soul goes into the immediate presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. But that day when the saints shall arise in the first resurrection, there's that reuniting of body and soul together. It was the Lord who said at the time of the death of Lazarus, He said, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Life after death. It's life with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the truth. It's being underlined and highlighted to us in this great miracle where the graves were opened at the death of the Savior. The truth of this miracle, but secondly, the timing of this miracle. When you look again at verses 52 and 53 together, I want you to think about the time here. And the graves were opened, 
and many bodies of the saints which slept their rolls. That's what took place there when you compare uh, the end of uh, the verse 50, when the Lord yielded up the ghost. So as the Lord died at that point of his death, the graves were opened. But still thinking about time, come to verse 53. And those bodies that we're speaking about came out of the grave after his resurrection. After his resurrection. So there's a timing issue here that is worthy of our consideration. It was at the point of his death that the graves were opened. But it wasn't until after his resurrection that those bodies were actually raised to life. And so there's a time difference there of three days. For we know that the Lord Jesus Christ would rise on the third day. That's what he promised and that's what he did. He rose again the third day. But when you see the time here when those graves were opened, it was at the point when he died and he yielded up the ghost. It was immediately at that point the graves were opened. But the bodies wouldn't be raised until the third day. And so you can see the timing that is there. It is interesting. There the graves were opened, but the bodies remained in the graves. The Jews were not permitted to touch the dead. Weren't permitted, most especially over the Passover time. And so here we have interesting matters concerning the timing here of how things were taking place. In fact, we would say chronologically and historically, the words of our text would really belong in chapter 28. Chapter 28 is the resurrection chapter. That's the chapter where the Lord will rise, and that's the time whenever uh, these bodies were coming to life. And so if we had been reading it, we would say, no, uh, chronologically we would have to put this over into chapter 28. That's the account about the resurrection of Christ. That's where this belongs. But the Holy Spirit said, no, it's chapter 27. You see, it's connected here with the death of Christ. And it is through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ that life comes. And so the Holy Spirit is showing us here. While chronologically and historically it could really be put into chapter 28, doctrinally it must remain in chapter 27 because it was the death of Christ that broke the bands of death for his people. Therefore it's in the right place. The direct connection, the direct link to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ because he died that we might live. Just at that moment, when the Savior yielded up the ghost, those graves were opened up. The graves were opened up. And it was on the third day that they would rise from the grave. After the resurrection, after his resurrection, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is a key chapter on the resurrection. 
And we'll not turn to it for the sake of time tonight, but in 1 Corinthians 15 and the verse 20 and also the verse 23, the Savior's resurrection is referred to as the first fruits, the first fruits of them that slept. That term first fruits comes from the Old Testament. And we had our harvest Thanksgiving last week and really this would be in keeping with the harvest because the first fruits was to do with the first fruits of the harvest. And in Leviticus chapter 23, the verses 10 through to 12, let me just paraphrase it for you. They were to take, whenever the first fruits of the harvest appeared, they would take a sheaf from the harvest. And they would bring that sheaf and they were to wave that sheaf before the Lord. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. They would wave that sheaf before the Lord. What was that an indication of? It was an indication, firstly, of their thanksgiving to the Lord for the harvest. But it was also an indication that this was just the beginning This was just a token. This was just the first fruits. But it was speaking of something far greater that was going to come. The first fruits was a token that there would be a greater harvest. And that in that future day, there would be that harvest that would be reaped. Therefore, the apostle says concerning the resurrection, the Lord Jesus Christ is the first fruits of them that slept. And the Lord Jesus Christ rising there on the third day. And here we have those graves that were opened and the saints that would rise with him. Do you know what that is? That's the sheaf. That's the first fruits. That's a token. That's an illustration to us that there's going to be a greater day. There's going to be a greater harvest. And one day all of the graves of God's people are going to be opened up. What a glorious day that's going to be. Therefore what we're reading about here in Matthew's gospel about the graves being opened and about the dead coming to life. That's just a token of what's going to happen That great future day when the Lord returns in power and in great glory. I ask you tonight in the gospel meeting, are you ready? Are you ready for that great day? Make no mistake about it. There's going to be the resurrection. The resurrection of the saints. That's a resurrection to glory. But there is a resurrection to damnation. A resurrection to destruction. Therefore you make sure tonight that you're saved. You're shut in to the Lord. The truth of this miracle and the timing of this miracle, but just very quickly as we close, the testimony of this miracle. What a testimony there was through this miracle. When you look there at verse 53, that they came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Here was a testimony that through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is life. Could you ever imagine what that must have been like? On that day when 
the Lord rose from the grave, they also rose from the grave. And they returned into the holy city. And they appeared to many. Now we don't know who these saints were. Some think they were Old Testament saints. Others would say they could have been saints that had died just in recent times. And so if that was the case, they were saints that had died in recent times and now they've risen from the grave and they return into the city, no doubt they would have gone to their family, to their loved ones. There would have been something of a joyous reunion. You can imagine it that wives and husbands were reunited And parents and children were reunited. And grandparents and loved ones, they were reunited there together. That's an illustration to us of what's going to take place in the great resurrection. It's going to be a time of blessed reunion. What you're reading about there in our text of Scripture tonight is a little foretaste of heaven. Thank God there's that blessed hope for eternity. Paul said to the Thessalonians, But we sorrow not, as others which have no hope, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, those also that sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. It's going to be a blessed reunion in that great day. What a testimony! Notice where they went to. It says they went to the holy city. As Matthew penned those words, his mind must have been drawn to consider the new Jerusalem. And the resurrected saints entering into the new Jerusalem. And surely that testimony is a witness to us and speaking to us about heaven. And so as we have been considering Calvary and our thoughts have been focused upon Calvary. I want you to think at the close of the gospel meeting about your soul. Your soul in eternity. Is it going to be the resurrection of the saints to glory and to eternal life? Or for you, would it be the resurrection of damnation in hell, where the Bible says there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth? You think about that point where the graves were opened and the bodies remained there, still a corpse. Until the third day when they would be given life and they would come forth and they would rise. There's a, there's a picture there of salvation. Because spiritually if we're not saved, we're dead. Dead in trespasses and in sins. But it's the Lord Jesus Christ tonight through his death on Calvary that brings life. And he can grant to you that spiritual life within your soul whereby you would accept him as your own and personal saviour and you would enjoy that everlasting life when your grave is opened, when your grave is opened 
what will that resurrection bring? May God bless his word to our hearts tonight. We're going to